Should we take that? What? The love languages. That's what I was thinking if we what were going to do it later. I just okay, sent I just, you a link. I'm looking at it, but what am I filling out? So you scroll oh, just down a little scroll bit. Down. Like the I feel most loved thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to fill this out? There's only five questions. No, but it, once you hit one, it'll go to the next series of questions. There's 10 total. So you, you pick one? Yeah. How come watching TV with me isn't on it? <laughs> 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 That's my love language. I don't see a skip my dish on here. <laughs> None of these apply to me, just for the record. You None the, of clo these. the closest, the closest. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like I need to do this quiz twice. Is if I'm in personality mode A, I feel this. <laughs> personality <laughs> mode B, I feel like homemade birthday cake. Not a fucking chance. People touch it. <laughs> Jen has no love language. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table for our love series, All the Love. Tonight I have Jamie. Hello. Jen. Hello. Rachel. Hey, everyone. Kim. Hi. And I am Tabitha. Tonight, we are talking about finding time for love, relationship style. How do you find it? Where is it? <laughs> Help us find it, people. <laughs> this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we did a little fun love language quiz on the Pinterest, which in relationships therapists recommend that you do with your partner sometimes to figure out what their love language is so you can provide to them. Who would like to share their love language? What did you get? How about Jamie Ramos? Uh, my love language is acts of service. Ooh. Which mm. I bet your husband's thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she would say this. <laughs> What does it say about acts of service? It's a service. <laughs> um, for you, actions speak louder than words. In relationships, you thrive the most when your loved one does special things for you often and sometimes unexpectedly. To you, words and gifts come easily, but acts of service take planning, time, effort, and energy and show that someone cares. You feel the most loved when someone does a small gesture for you like washing the dishes cooking mowing the lawn or cleaning the house these simple actions communicate to you that your loved one is thinking about you and paying attention to your needs likely you do unexpected things for your loved ones because this is how you like to receive love the most when you feel upset when someone breaks a promise or is lazy because it, it creates extra work for you and it communicates that that person doesn't care about your feelings the words that make you the happiest are let me take care of that for you <laughs> Let me handle I partially that. agree. I like this. those words too. <laughs> um, I think it's more so that I'm kind of a lazy person. And so I <laughs> <laughs> take things off my plate. I'm just the youngest. I'm not the youngest of six. I'm one of the younger, the last two youngest of six kids. And so there was always someone around to help me or finish things for me. And I just am kind of used to that in life. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I do feel like I do do that for a lot of other people. Reading this, I feel kind of, I don't, I would have to figure out my husband's love language. We did this a long time ago and I can't remember, but I definitely am not like always offering to do things for him. <laughs> like, here, dear, let me cook for you tonight. Or like, you have to ask me to do this. Like, yeah. 
Well, I do think that you have talked openly about not saying no on this podcast. So maybe that is how you show your love. To, my husband will say, I say no to only him. So <laughs> yeah. these too. things and the things Jen was just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other things. Uh, what about you, Jen? What'd you get? Well, it's not really surprising what I got. <clears throat> I got uh, receiving gifts. <laughs> you guys get more it's a whole box it's always good for it says however receiving a gift is not about shallow materialistic gain instead it is the gift it's what the gift symbolizes it counts to you a gift is a tangible reminder that someone put thought and effort into picking something out because you're important to them which is i mean i i know a lot of people don't nothing wrong with a little blue box that comes for your birthday or <laughs> valentine's day or christmas yeah. It's so I, funny, friend. You, um, but I don't do well negotiate... receiving gifts. I don't I, like from like people in general, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, but like from him and whatever. As we do friend gifts or like a holy Christmas, you've got COVID present <laughs> among the table. Jen always wants it like cellophane wrapped to the two inch satin ribbon. Like she wants the presentation of this beautiful gift. And I'm like, often I can be one of the people that orders said gifts. And I'm like, often as in almost girl, 100% of the time. Unless it's like February gift. or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My stage of February. Anyways, oh, I'm like, girl, we can get so many more Diet Cokes for her. If we just let that basket go, let's just put it in a laundry bin. She but knows I am she all will. about the presentation and, and it's, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like how it's carnation hater. Yeah. Oh, I hate like versus flower, man. Jen has to approve the flowers. I do. I they send them because I'm like, I'm always with flowers. I, that is something I put a lot of thought into for people, but a carnation reminds me of a funeral. That's just me. And so like every certain florist, I use the same ones, little OCD and they have on file, like what I don't like easy on the greens, no carnations, shorter like when we sent flowers to her last year i called the florist and was like okay here's the deal here's Here's the deal here's Mm -hmm. what we need i'm chill i'm chill i do like giving as much like it's not about you know necessarily receiving because actually you know other than him i get super uncomfortable but i do i like the whole presentation of giving something to somebody because you want to give them something nice though which is beautiful yeah yeah Yeah. what looks nice what'd you get kimmy kimmy quality time she's like what is that there's 39 people in here oh well that's why we run away make out with the children stay home yeah. with Alyssa and we take off <laughs> bye some of the questions it was like split because it depends sometimes I like affection sometimes I don't want you near me so it just kind of depends on my mood which personality <laughs> is present at the time I mean sometimes I feel like we don't even talk to each other for days <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like he's laid off now so obviously we're able to spend that you know more time together and like now we're watching a show I mean that's my prime thing is like zoning out watching a show and yeah. having good food that's probably about the best mm-hmm. I know I mean unless you unless work. you can fly me to like an island somewhere I mean that would be you know that first is. choice second choice <laughs> on the couch no small show. gifts just yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big one for gifts. Like, I mean, obviously, if you, you get me a gift, I like it. Like, it, especially him. I, but I'm not. I don't really care about gifts, really. I mean, I don't mind getting them, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not really one that like expects them or is like, oh, he better get me something nice. It's like Valentine's Day. Like, we could kill us. We've been together almost thirty years. Four kids. 
don't waste your money on a card. <laughs> God. Leave Come the four ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um I'm with you. I'm gonna go next because I got quality time too. It says it's easy to take those you love for granted each day. Therefore, you feel the most loved and appreciated when someone sets aside time to spend exclusively in your company. You know more than anyone that being in the company of someone physically doesn't mean that they are actually enjoying the intimacy of your company. Yes. <laughs> the people in your life might be on the phone or have their mind elsewhere without giving you attention that makes you feel like you matter to them. This is true in my relationships. Campfire, put on the freaking marshmallows, put on the jams in the background, don't have your phone on. Phone on the log. This is me to a T for sure. Sharing quality conversations, enjoying quality activities with those you love. That's me. And I think this is like something that some people might find odd. And I think this happens when you are in a longer relationship is sometimes I just enjoy just sitting together, not even talking. Yeah. And it takes I, a honestly it takes a long time to get that to a point that that's comfortable. But like I enjoy that now. I'm like, oh God, I'm turning into my parents. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, sometimes I just don't want to talk, you know, but it's nice just to sit together. We don't get a lot of, you know, quiet around here to really be able to do that. But sometimes that that's nice too. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? Rachel, what'd you get? I am acts of service as well. This uh, you know, it really is like the crux of our relationship he and I both have a very similar love language but it's like frustrating because we both are so similar and we've been together for 23 years and so we can fight at this psychic level <laughs> like yeah. well then he's gonna and then I'm gonna and then I win but he is doing the same thing and then she's gonna and then I'm gonna and then I win and then there's no acts of service happening. He stops acts of service and I'm handling so many of the things as the stay at home parent. Then I feel like I'm bleeding out acts of service. And like, he's walking muddy on that floor. <laughs> oh my God. And he has no idea. I mean, he thinks that like, and, and I will say over the course of the last six months or so, we've really come to a place as a family where we've gotten real about what hard is and how long it's going to be around. And, um, in conjunction with that, I, I hurt my, my, I, I got hurt and he had to like step up because I couldn't bend over or like physically, pick that yeah. up, but like mm -hmm. I physically could not do. And so it's nice to be able to see that come back into balance. And by back into balance, I mean, find a goddamn balance on the 23rd year. <laughs> like, I took him from his mom. We've been together since we were like 15 and 17. Stupid. I mean, I love him to pieces, but like you should let a little boy become a man, <laughs> learn some things like how to work a toaster and stuff before you take him away. I don't know. Just a recommendation. <laughs> Learn how to be that TikTok or that reel where they call you, you typing when you come in to pick up your your son. That's your husband. You know, <laughs> yeah. I took somebody in 13 years ago and I'm over it. And then my mother-in-law says no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Young girls out there. 
he must do one load of laundry in front of you before you can move to the next level. Oh, there is a list. There is a list right there. Jamie and I will, we can all add to that list. Oh my gosh, yes. But he, I, yeah. I do believe that acts of service is my thing. It is his, and you know, we're coming into that. So if it's not going well, I'm not suggesting that everybody stick it out the 23 years, but I am saying it's been worth the wait. Hmm. So that is the love languages quiz. If you'd like to do that for yourself, figure out how people treat you in the way your heart sings <laughs> or not. So we wanted to talk about relationships in this life of special needs, parenting, disability parenting, finding love and a balance. Who would like to start <laughs> this conversation? I can start by saying, because I just finished that it's changed so much. Yeah. That the thing that has helped us to change it is not only like my physically being in, unable, but there was a time when I was ahead of him in terms of being a special needs mom. I had a greater understanding of things. I was learning through the night, through the day, trying to find resources. So like we hit this thing in a different pace. Looking back, I don't feel like I necessarily slowed down, but there's just a re, uh, like several reasons that he had to accelerate. And we kind of came to the same place. Again, we have the same understanding of like hard's probably rolled into our bill and we'll stick around for a while. <laughs> that is a reckoning that we've had to face in every layer. And then the tasks necessary to accomplish the things. And like, even the way he asks questions, he feels like it's an act of service to me to be like, oh, hey, how's that going with the waiver system of Minnesota? Well, it's not going well. I'm on the 14th month and haven't gotten anything figured out at that point. You know, like, it, to me, it's like a naggy, but to him, he's like, oh, checking in. Uh, so I had to calm down. <laughs> I had to calm down and accept that like his acts of service are not like naggy and things have gotten better. It's going well. It's going well. His recommendation. I was going to say, it's like when you go into having a child, no matter how that happens, if it's a surprise, if it's planned, at some point you, you come up with somewhat of a plan of what you're going to do within that relationship, whatever that relationship is, you know, like, okay, we're going to parent the child this way, or I'll take on this. You take on that. You come up with a deal, <laughs> but then when you have a child that I mean, really, if you have any child, let's be honest, things probably aren't going to go how you imagine them <laughs> yeah. if you haven't children before, but especially when you have a child uh, with a disability, everything changes, everything's thrown out the window and you and that person are taken off guard. So it's really hard to navigate that. And some people make it, some people don't because it, it tests everything. It tests your relationship. It tests how you manage. You're really become like a a business partner in a way, a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we're coworkers. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That. You're uh -huh. working on things. And I think for me personally, in our relationship, that was the thing. Like it was just, first of all, how do you, you know, like depending how long you've been married or you've known each other, like it's a, a major thing that happens to you when you find out your child has a disability. Mm -hmm. So how do you internally deal with that? And the person next to you is dealing that 
all on their own in their own way as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard because you want to react how you're going to react. They want to react how they're going to react, but neither of you know what you're doing at the same time. So you kind of have to like figure it out together. So for us, it just became a lot of like, holy crap, what are we going to do? And I think the, the best thing and probably the hardest thing that happened with both of us is like, we just had like a moment at one point where we both were like, holy crap, I don't know what to do about this. Mm-hmm. Like just admitting that and saying out loud, I think it helped a lot, but it's been a bumpy road. We both, and it's ongoing. Like, mm-hmm. all, like just recently, the therapist recommended something that I agreed with, but he didn't agree with. Like there's always, I think we've talked about this before. There's always other people in your like decision-making for your child, which other people don't have to deal with. There's always different opinions and trying to like figure out that together is hard. It's a lot of give and take. It's, it's a lot. And early on in your marriage or when you're starting your family for that to be like so sudden a part of your marriage, it's really hard. And I know a lot of people can't do it. The mm-hmm. statistics are crazy about divorce with, within disability families with disabilities. Yeah. Well, and I think for us, we're with Rachel on the time frame, but like we had been together a super long time before we had kids. And so we had this relationship. We had these cycles of, of fighting <laughs> that, you know, you get in patterns that you get into things that you have the same fight, you know, over and over and over again in relationships, (laughs) usually about different things. But then when you add in like the emotions, the layers of logistics in itself, like managing the logistics of even this week, we were dealing with insurance. We had a lapse in insurance for a month that from changing jobs. And it's a nightmare right now. I've made 30 calls to the insurance company, to the providers, to everyone under the sun about this goddamn insurance problem and it's maddening and sometimes you can have conversations about it sometimes you don't have space to have conversations about it because you've been on hold for 45 minutes every day for the past two months you know and you're communicating things if one person's talking to the provider and the other one's not then you have to translate everything and that creates problems and then it feels like you're telling them how to parent their kid you know there's like so many layers to it. And then on top of it, like Jamie was saying, dealing with the emotions of, of your child being diagnosed with a a lifelong disability, which Mm -hmm. is what it is classified as, you know, our kids are going to need support and assistance for the rest of their lives, no matter what that looks like. That in itself is like, you have to have hard conversations about that. And there's these lingering thoughts, I think, in the background that you're almost afraid to say of out loud to each other, which creates like a space. So, you it, know, what you should do is go on somebody else's page and then air that linen a year ago on the piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that naturally parenting in this landscape creates a space in your marriage that you have to work hard to shorten, to make smaller. It takes a lot of effort and energy to find connection. And, you know, we struggle with it for sure. I mean, you know, we we're in marriage counseling, we're in individual counseling. I'm a big believer in therapy. I think that sometimes you need support from a third party and insights into yourself that you can't see in the space of your own home, but we definitely, you know, are fighting to close that space with each other. 
Um, Billy and, and I made that, that change too, to say that we are fighting for each other, not fighting each other in this. Yeah. Like we're fighting for our family to be together, not fighting his perspective versus mine all the time. I mean, there is a right and a wrong way to do some shit, but. Yeah. And you have to dig deep to like find small moments of connection when you can, because you're com- like a lot of days I wake up completely drained the second that my feet hit the floor. I have to like draw energy to make it through every task that I have to get through. And then to also feel like you have space to give to your partner is hard. And that's the first thing to go. I mean, honestly, you have to care for your children. You have to make it through work. And sometimes at the end of the day, I just want to be by myself in quiet. Like, I don't want to try and connect, you know, (laughs) just like a hard reality to grasp. But I think it's a pretty popular conversation in our community about finding connection and dealing with balancing the conversations that you have to have that are maddening to have to have, you know, logistics of everything. So, you know, it's a lot. What is your take on relationships, Jen, in this landscape of life? So I'm the unmarried one at the table. (laughs) Although Kaya's dad and I, um, uh, we got together in 2002. We were together for a long time. He's in California and in Vancouver. We did a lot of back and forth. I think it's actually easier when you don't have a kid because you hop on a plane and you go. Yeah. Um, right. And then yeah. when she was a baby, we did a lot of that back and forth. It was easier until this thing called autism. Although she's a great little traveler. But I think, you know, we don't live together. So I don't have that day-to-day struggles that you guys have. But what I do have is the resentment of the simplicity of he of him thinking this is he has four grown neurotypical children so in his mind well I had four kids well (laughs) one with autism hold my beer (laughs) I mean (laughs) so I have that resentment for and that put a lot of um, friction between us and then when you were saying about the therapy we've never agreed on a single therapy in since day one, not a single therapy. And so that caused like that put a lot of, and then I, you know, I would have the, well, I'm here doing it. So you don't really get an opinion on it kind of thing. That gets more votes. Yeah. So it it, it hasn't worked out well for us. (laughs) Um, I don't blame the autism, but it definitely was a a wedge and it was just a natural thing that happened. I mean, we didn't agree on anything and these are big, important decisions, you know? Yeah. All of those things that come with it. So, um, yeah, it didn't really work out for us. So uh, we have a Gmail. Everyone feel free to send in. <laughs> <laughs> All the potential taking applications. <laughs> Still taking those. <laughs> yeah. Husband for Jim. No. Say like dating, even date. Like I couldn't even. So imagine. like hey, I've been on this. Trying this dating thing a little bit. And it's not working out too well for me either. Uh, one, because I don't leave her very often. And that's, you know, a whole other uh, subject but um you know going out and doing things are hard like they just are and I'm used to going to bed so you guys know I'm so tired from staying up the last few weeks trying to you know have a Date. social life after she goes to bed and try to do this thing called dating and it's, <laughs> kill- it's killing me like yeah. I'm just I'm done I mean Rachel I'm just done I'm tired yeah I don't know how anyone finds anyone 
when they have a kid on like a kid with a disability I mean it's just I've talked I don't mean to speak for you but like I've heard you Jen discuss how all of these things are on your plate and your plate alone and then you have to like parcel out how anybody else involved in the team gets information whether it's her dad or a teacher or whatever Mm -hmm. some component of the larger team for Kaya and it's still all the weight on you and then you're supposed to date like it doesn't like you're still feeling the weight of the whole life and I say burden because there's so many tasks and so many things and like so many parts all on your shoulders alone that you don't necessarily feel even though you're wrong you don't necessarily feel like you're this sparkling lady on a pedestal that's super desirable because you're you're like crushed under the weight of this whole life. You like are, Tabitha however, a shiny times. example of a strong woman and your kid is worthy of relationships and, you know, like there will be time for you to have dates, but it's heavy. Well, like Tabitha said, you know, you have to have these hard conversations and, and, yeah. and, and we've had them. And a lot of it is our, our custody agreement was, wasn't anything bad, but he's in the U.S. I'm here. So we had to do some legal stuff and her long-term care. Like we can't agree on, I mean, he's like, why are you worrying about that? Like, why is that uh, such a big deal? I'm like, because if anything happens to me, unlike your other children, she is not capable of taking care of herself. And so then it spirals, right? And it's- yeah. Yeah. So again, he doesn't live it every day. He doesn't really truly understand it on a level. I mean, he's read all the books. If you need a link, he's your guy. However, (laughs) if you don't live it every day, it's very different. Right. And so that's just caused, I mean, yeah, that's not about me. We don't really, I don't do well with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when you're talking about like these things, just in relationships, even with your family, with whomever, there are those things where it's like, why are you thinking about them? Because it's a necessity, because I do have to think about these things, even with your partner, like maybe they'll be on a different track of like, oh, we need to think about tomorrow. And you're on a track of like, well, what about the future? Like, what are we going to do for the future? Like for those of us who have anxiety at this table, <laughs> hello, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that can spot. I mean, I've had like every seat's filled on that one. Yeah. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, the whole table's shaking with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> flipping, table. But it's I, shaking. I can just spiral down into these like depths of like, what are we going to do? You know, and it's debilitating sometimes. And it's not something I can shut off because of my anxiety. And I need to like, work through some of a solution in order to move past it. And even that in itself is like, well, a, at the end of the day, we don't have the control over it. That's, no. yeah, that's right. the issue. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it really hard because I can find the perfect place now at 25, but that doesn't mean that place is going to be available in 10 years. Right. Or functional mm-hmm. or operational. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like if, if that's the route that somebody's going or, you know, you could have these grand plans, but like, we just, we lose the control when we're not here anymore. And I think that is the scariest thing for the parents. And then when you have parents who have anxiety that don't do good when they're not in control of things. <laughs> like, again, you know, seats at the table. I was like, again, the table. <laughs> <laughs> All of us here. <laughs> what about you, you know? Kim? How do you feel? I mean, you have an adult uh, daughter, which I, you know, give us some solutions here to how to make this well, work. <laughs> give us so the gems of wisdom, please. Me and my husband have been together since I've been 16. So we essentially have grown up together. Although we 
unlike Tabitha and Rachel, had our family soon. We weren't together for the years and then had a family. We had a family very soon after being <laughs> together with our daughter with special needs. I mean, I was 20 and he was 25. So we were still getting our relationship groove on, never mind navigating the world with a child with a disability. But to me, a lot of it comes down to very basic things, relationship-wise, communication. I have learned you need to communicate. You cannot assume. I don't care how many hints you give. They don't get the hints. You need to say, this is what I need, or this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I need you to do. Because they just don't, they don't understand hints. They don't understand passive aggressiveness. They don't understand subtle. You have to flat out say, this is what I need. But in turn, you Print also- a billboard. To, you, yeah, you have to just say it. Ash, flashcards. Just, just spit it out. And it's hard because sometimes it's like, we don't want to say we need help or we don't want to say, you know, we need this time away or whatever it might be, but they're not going to get the hint. And I've learned the hard way. Just take it from me. Whatever it is you need, you tell them. And that, and that's that. But in, on the opposite hand, you have to also. How many times? How loud and how nice? Just wondering. You know what? Usually it only takes one time, really. Usually oh it takes Paul, one time. Neil needs Billy's number. <laughs> they can't do what they don't know they don't they don't realize I also think a big thing is sometimes you gotta agree to disagree you just they're not always gonna see things your way and no matter how much you try to force it it's literally like forcing a puzzle piece that doesn't fit you can't do it there's just gonna be things that you're not gonna agree and it's frustrating but you have to learn to accept that in both ways. We don't always see eye to eye on things. And that's okay. I mean, we're, you're different people. Like fight for the things that are most important for you. But um, for us, it's like we'll fight over what we're going to have for dinner. I mean, I, we'll like almost be in a divorce over that. <laughs> we bicker thing- too. I think that that's part of our success. And I hear you and Neil do it. We bicker to keep the tension low. I'd rather yell at you about something stupid like the paper towels being cockamamie. So we like let the... Let the air out of the pressure cooker a little. But I feel like the big things were pretty much on board together. with, And he's kind of like, lets me, like I'm the mom, whatever I really think he feels like I know best, which I know sounds great, but sometimes that's frustrating too, because sometimes I want somebody who's not just going to say, oh, whatever you think, or whatever you want. You want somebody to kind of weigh in a little bit. For the people that don't have that, of course, it sounds nice, but sometimes it's like, it's just another thing of like you doing all. It's like, we have very kind of roles. There's certain things he does and there's certain things I do, but we are capable of doing each other's roles. And that's something that you have to keep in mind. Just because you're always the one who makes the phone calls doesn't mean he can never make a phone call or just because he's the one who always, you know, always does this doesn't mean that you can't come over and kind of do this. You got to just find a way to like work together the best that you can. I mean, we're all done. We got four against two. Hands, so. <laughs> <laughs> make that train team, that side of the team strong over there. And I think that there's a lot of things that are important to me that sometimes not important to him. And it caused a lot of conflict for a lot of years, but it, I had to like come to the terms of the fact that I have a high value on like bringing my kids out, not just Alyssa, like all my kids, like doing things with them, going places. That's how I grew up. We, we were in the city. We went everywhere. We took buses, trains, walked everywhere. We went, you know, any fair, the beach, fireworks, whatever was going on, my father took us there. So I have a high value on that. He doesn't, he didn't have that. Growing up. There wasn't a lot of money. He took responsibility of his siblings. Those things weren't as much of a value to him, aren't as much of a value to him. So I had to come to terms with like some of the things that I want to do 
I'm, I just have to go and do on my own. It's just not, and that's just an example for us. And not to say that obviously if I really want to do something, he'll do it, but it's like, I have to pick the few things that I really want him to, <laughs> I'm going to really make him do, <laughs> What's but I have list? to kind of like come to terms with that. And it's hard to come, that's hard to do, you know, but mm-hmm. in time you just kind of learn and sometimes respect that. Like you need them to respect what you need. You have to respect what they need. So if they need time out and they need time away, even if it's on their only day off, you know what I mean? Like they have all the pressure that we have, but they have it in a different way. And just finding time to be together. Like that's so important. And I mean, there was times that all I did was drive the kids around. Like he cooked dinner, I worked, I drove from here to there to there. I mean, we barely, we barely had conversations some nights, you know, it's just, you got to find. It's a good thing. Otherwise you'd have six kids. I mean, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would if my tubes weren't tied. Um, but I think that for us, it's sometimes it's like going out to breakfast on, on a Sunday or going for a car ride and just getting out, getting away from the chaos. Like those are like the main things that I a think quality of time. For, for everybody. And I think yeah. as far as when you have a child with a disability, you also have to understand that everybody's process is different. And mm-hmm. I can understand that in hindsight. At the time, I didn't necessarily, my husband's a very private person. I'm not. I'll tell anybody anything. I'll talk to anybody about anything. He's not like that. And I, I didn't understand that because he never really talked about our daughter's disability. Like people he worked with for years and years don't, they still don't know some people. And at first I took it as almost as like, he was embarrassed. Shame, shame about it maybe. Yeah. But like, he just, I feel like it was more protecting her like privacy and her dignity. And also maybe getting what he needed out of work because he didn't have to go talk about it there. Well, in his process. If I had a lane of my life where, this part didn't exist I might just go sit there for eight hours a day he's very different he processes things very differently mm-hmm. than, than I do so at, there was one point I remember thinking like why doesn't this bother him I mean this floored me this freaking devastated me my heart was completely broken I couldn't wrap my head around it all the things they're telling you in our time there was not as much information and it was just it was just so shocking like we were so young and it was just I had a really hard time in the beginning and he didn't seem to, he didn't seem to have not, not like he was like, you know, happy go lucky about or anything, but he just didn't seem, he didn't seem to be sad. Like I was, he didn't seem to be, you know, he was, he just didn't, he didn't show it to me. He kept, I think that's a really common thing with like processing. Yeah. And it did get to a point where like, we were both sad at at first, I think, but he didn't, he didn't necessarily show that he was more, I always say how it's always like you read about where I know most women are like, okay, we got this diagnosis. Let's do this, this, and this. I wasn't like that. I was like frozen. And he was a Mm -hmm. little more like that, probably not the same way a woman would do it, but he was like, like, okay, well, this is what it is. We'll do what we can. We'll get this and this, and we'll just have to figure it out where I was just like freaked out. But there came to a point where I was like ongoing sad about it. And we literally had a moment one time when I was crying and he's like, why are you still sad about this? Like, you got to move on. And I was like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> but it yeah. was like, Is that before or after I've finished grieving you? <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to say that, Jamie. I think everyone, you just grieve it so differently. Like, yeah. And I it comes and off. goes. Like, yeah. Because I'm like, why aren't you feeling like I'm feeling? Why aren't you devastated? Mm-hmm. She'll be fine, Jen. No, she won't be fine. Nothing's going to be fine again. Yeah. It was and a I grieving. Think- I think with Neil specifically, he like, he wanted to be 
make sure I was okay. That's where his thing was. He wanted to make sure I was okay. And he was hurt and he was devastated and he was sad. He just, he didn't show it in front of me. He was sad when he was a little car. He wasn't doing it where I could see it. And obviously found out later in conversations and stuff like that. And I was just like weird, you know, but everybody, they process things differently. And we don't always agree even now on stuff to do with her. He's kind of more like, let's just let, let her be. She's happy. She's fine. She's content. And I'm like, no, like I want to get anything out of her that we can get out of her. Cause my whole thing is I want her to be able to communicate as much as she possibly can. So when we're not here anymore, she can get her needs met. He'll do whatever I want to do, but like, he just doesn't necessarily, it's not as important to him as it is to me. Cause I'm more fixated on now that we're getting older like I'm in my 40s he's 51 like we're not always going to be here back to the anxiety it's like the ultimate thing we can't control yeah Yeah. I think that a lot too I walk through my feelings I plow through my feelings I sit in them I feel everything to my core if I'm sad about something we're going to feel it and move through it and then we get to the other side he kind of likes to walk around the edge and make it out the other side you know we're completely opposite in that way and I like to talk things to death I like to feel them and all over everything with you and he's like I literally cannot talk about this for one more second we need to get out of here run as fast as we can shut the door behind us and maybe we'll crack it open sometime in the future you know and sometimes if sometimes they can't always be that present for you you have to find that somewhere else I think that might be Nick a sibling <laughs> Isaac's tap yeah. you know sometimes you have to get those feelings out to somebody else because you know after three or four times sometimes our husbands go deaf <laughs> I think sometimes you learn I mean just having this in your relationships you learn how to navigate your relationships better or it shows things about people like I think any major trial in your marriage or a relationship with someone or in co-parenting if you have a disabled child it shows a lot in a person but there's also a lot of things we've learned about each other like just what Kimmy was talking about a little while ago she was freaking out so he was trying to support her that's something I think we've learned in marriage through all this is like if anything major happens one of us is allowed to freak out about it if we get in a car accident and Isaac's like mad screaming at the person I have to stay calm in that moment and think through like logically and I can't be as upset and that's something we've taken I think from this and we've put it's like picking your battles with our kids like you just learn like, okay, I need to be the rock in this moment right now. And you are allowed to like, feel how you need to feel. And I feel like we do that a lot. And we probably more so with him and I I get a little more rational, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I feel like one of the things that we've learned in this last year has, you know, where we've been a little bit more healthy and successful within our relationship is to accept that the other person can change because we did have the pleasure of all these years prior to having C to build our relationship. Mm. We went through a lot of trials in that time, like in a similar road to infertility, we dealt with adoptions that just did not go awesome. And they really shook us. And luckily we were there for each other in that same, like one of you can be a storm and the other one can be the stone and (laughs) flip flop that. I do think that that gave us foundation, but it also set an awful lot of patterns of like, well, since I have it under control, he must be in a shitstorm. So then he comes home with an eyebrow askew and I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, nothing. What, what? What? And I'm like, 
you did that face like I'm used to <laughs> then, that <laughs> <laughs> you move that eyebrow and you think I'm a failure oh, you know whatever yeah. <laughs> like I you know we like like fight when there isn't one until yeah. we learned that the other person really can change like he might just come home with a cockamamie eyebrow why don't you just stand down Rachel yeah. Uh, well, in this life, there's like research on people's happiness in marriage. And usually the, like the early years of having children is the least happy that they're in their marriage, you know, first five to six years of having kids. My brother said something once to me. He's like, well, no matter what, if anyone is around the two of you, you have a foundation of commitment to each other. And that is the most important because if you can look each other in the face and say, we are committed to this and each other and building our family in whatever way that looks, then you can have those eyebrow fights and make it out the other side and know that you're going to land someplace soft, maybe in a week or two after the uh, air has cleared, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's light at the end of the tunnel. If you can find the commitment to each other and who you were when you first fell in love with each other and came together as a whole and not all these other things were taking up space in your life, you know? So I thought that was really profound of, uh, my brother. I'm like, yes, good call, sir. Yeah. On the philosophy. I think the more things you go through, the more losses you face, the more hardships, hardships you face, it like just strengthens that bond, you know? So even if things aren't great at the time, that strength is underneath there. So that like gets you through because I know no matter what, if I need him, he's there. Even if he is hating me at that, at that moment, <laughs> yeah. if something happens, it doesn't matter. Like nothing else matters. When you're going through the harder times, especially with a child with autism, it, it's easy to get lost in that. I think people have this idea of relationships and fantasies that everything feels magic when you're in love uh, with someone <laughs> you know those wedding cards are a liar yeah, I yeah. told you that already. don't go down that aisle yeah, exactly valentine's day cards 4.99 not spitting the truth here's where it is here's where you find the love in the hard moments where someone holds you up in the quiet moments of pain and yeah. in small moments of celebration it really is in those moments that you found find the deep like sing-songy love song is there it's not in the magic flip you know walk down the stairs in your sparkly gown situation it's when you're building this life with each other that's where you find real true love deep i think too love. there might be some like Hey, remember that time you were walking down the stairs in that sparkling dress that had yeah. our daughter's poop on it? And then you <laughs> slid down the stairs on a Lego. Yes. 10 years later, when we're laughing about the poop on that sparkling dress, yeah. that's when there's that's magic. where the magic me, is. Me and Neil are actually fighting. You know, what's that thing when you go into the reception hall and like they call everybody? But oh, yeah. The front. We're fighting, we're bickering back and forth. I don't know what about like as everybody's being called so it's like yeah we're a little too comfortable at that point <laughs> we were fighting right after like after our wedding pictures when you're like starving so we had like the yes, ceremony everybody needs a snickers right then we, yeah, yeah we went to five guys <laughs> eat a snack yeah on your wedding pregnant. jen we're gonna be there for you we'll yeah. have the twin snakes twin ready snakes. between the ceremony and the reception 
I'll have a pizza there that you can pick all the cheese off. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) Pretty much this is the marriage. Happy Valentine's Day, people. (laughs) February 14th. Don't put too much, don't have too many expectations and it will just be better off. Whatevs. I'm like, buy your damn self some flowers in a coffee mug. Yeah. You know his card number. Find your love language. Okay. Tell your. I'm do my dishes and I'll love you. Get yeah. the flashcards of what you actually want for Valentine's Day. Don't expect them to know what you want, people. As Kim McIsaac has to say, mm-hmm. get your flashcards. Finding time for love is important in this life that we have. Whether you are out there searching for your partner or in a long-term relationship or marriage it's not easy it is not easy gotta Again, put if you're little... searching this table for five at <laughs> gmail if you uh, let we will know you jen's specific yeah. qualifications yeah. Yeah. of a potential partner no tiny white uh, shorts that's a no <laughs> <Are you giving laughs> i forgot about those nocturnal dates for now unless he comes with a caregiver sister yeah. You might fall asleep. You might, yeah, you may have to you're knock on the door. Yeah. 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 Not harder. Jen oh is a gem. Yes. I and Rach called her a strong ass earlier. She has a great ass. We've all seen the picture. Oh my so. gosh. Yes. So you know. Hot lady. I would date her if I was single. Just saying. Table for five. I don't know how this went off the rails. <laughs> At gmail.com. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Happy Valentine's Happy Valentine's Day. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> if you didn't get any roses today, get them tomorrow for half off. Thank you for joining us at the table for the second episode of our ninth series, All the Love. If you are enjoying the podcast and what you're listening allows, we would appreciate if you could rate and review us. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at tableforfivepodcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Join us next week for more. See you there. Bye.